so warm and still. Hey, there's the first star. You can make a wish. She pointed to a bright point of light above the southern horizon. It worked. Mark was distracted and looked, too. Mary Lynette stared at the back of his dark head. If it would do any good, I'd wish for romance for you, she thought. I'd wish it for myself, too. But what would be the point? There's nobody around here to be romantic with. None of the guys at school, except maybe Jeremy Lovett, understood why she was interested in astronomy or what she felt about the stars. Most of the time Mary Lynette didn't care, but occasionally she felt a vague ache in her chest, a longing to share. If she had wished, it would have been for that, for someone to share the night with. Oh well, it didn't help to dwell on it. And besides, although she didn't want to tell Mark, what they were wishing on was the planet Jupiter, and not a star at all. Mark shook his head as he tramped down the path that wound through buckbrush and poison hemlock. He should have apologized to Mary Lynette before leaving. He didn't like being nasty to her. In fact, she was the one person he usually tried to be decent to. But why was she always trying to fix him? To the point of wishing on stars— and Mark hadn't really made a wish anyway. He'd thought, if I was making a wish, which I'm not because it's hokey and stupid, it would be for some excitement around here. Something wild, Mark thought, and felt an inner shiver as he hiked downhill in the gathering darkness. Jade stared at the steady, brilliant point of light above the southern horizon. It was a planet, she knew, for the last two nights she'd seen it moving across the sky, accompanied by tiny pinpricks of light that must be its moons. Where she came from, nobody was in the habit of wishing on stars, but this planet seemed like a friend, a traveler, just like her. As Jade watched it tonight, she felt a sort of concentration of hope rise inside her. Almost a wish. Jade had to admit that they weren't off to a very promising start— the night air was too quiet. There wasn't the faintest sound of a car coming. She was tired and worried and beginning to be very, very hungry. Jade turned to look at her sisters. Well, where is she? I don't know, Rowan said in her most doggedly gentle voice. Be patient. Well, maybe we should scan for her. No, Rowan said. Absolutely not. Remember what we decided. She's probably forgotten we were coming, Kestrel said. I told you she was getting senile. Don't say things like that. It's not polite, Rowan said, still gentle, but through her teeth. Rowan was always gentle when she could manage it. She was nineteen, tall, slim, and stately. She had cinnamon-brown eyes and warm brown hair that cascaded down her back in waves. Kestrel was seventeen and had hair the color of old gold, sweeping back from her face like a bird's wings. Her eyes were amber and hawk-like, and she was never gentle. Jade was the youngest, just turned sixteen, and she didn't look like either of her sisters. She had white blonde hair that she used as a veil to hide behind, and green eyes. People said she looked serene, but she almost never felt serene— Usually she was either madly excited or madly anxious and confused. Right now it was anxious. 
She was worried about her battered half-century-old Morocco leather suitcase. She couldn't hear a thing from inside it. Hey, why don't you two go down the road a little way and see if she's coming? Her sisters looked back at her. There were few things that Rowan and Kestrel agreed on, but Jade was one of them. She could see that they were about to team up against her. Now what? Kestrel said, her teeth showing just briefly. And Rowan said, You're up to something. What are you up to, Jade? Jade smoothed her thoughts and her face out and just looked at them artlessly. She hoped. They stared back for a few minutes, then looked at each other, giving up. We're going to have to walk, you know, Kestrel said to Rowan. There are worse things than walking, Rowan said. She pushed a stray wisp of chestnut-colored hair off her forehead and looked around the bus station, which consisted of a three-side...